On this episode, we open the door, get on the floor, and review Walking with Dinosaurs. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm not Elliot Kalen. What okay. the? Opa! I, uh, I'm sorry. I, didn't, <laughs> I did not look over that, this third this chair until partake. now. This Elliot Kalen disguise worked all too well. <laughs> yep. I waited until after the movie to tell you I'm Kevin Marr. Yeah, well, we should... Uh, hey, Kevin Marr. Originally, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's be honest here. Originally, this was going to be a forehand or one of the rare forehand... Uh, oh, the rarest of pleasures. <laughs> but uh, what happened was uh, uh, Elliot was called away. Mm, this his, is the TMI his, portion of the episode. His child was ill. <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't know whether it's too early to call Sammy the Yoko of the Flophouse. Oh, wow. Uh, Sammy, Flophouse ruiner, Kalen, yeah. But uh, no, we, uh, the poor, poor child, we feel bad for him. But, uh, yeah, luckily, dude, I hope he's okay. No, I yeah, no, I fucking egg on my face if, he, if he's very <laughs> sick. More than You're that. You're terrible. Uh, but no, uh, Elliot couldn't be here due to family issues. Yeah, luckily, let's put it that way. We were already going to have a guest, so it all worked out well. And Kevin, yes, uh, I, I would say that we know you from your Kevin Geeks Out live show, which all of us have appeared on. Stuart yeah, yeah, did, yeah. Uh, I was your, on Sharks. Your Sharks, you did, uh, you've got Jaws. Yeah, my Jaws, the Nintendo game PowerPoint thing. Uh, Elliot, who's not here, has done his Nuki uh, thing. Kevin geeks out about aliens. Many times. And I appeared on your show uh, talking about when the wrestling Ron right? Shear tweeted at me. Uh, but in a larger sense, tell us about yourself. Um, Who are uh, you? Why are you in my apartment? <laughs> Why are you looking at us weird? I'm a writer comedian who uh, fell into that traffic lane of of knowing about pop culture and movies and weird science fiction and horror stuff, and then that led to you know the more you do it, the more you take on that identity and. Uh, now, now, now you're trapped by now it. Now I'm trapped by it. It's like wearing I, too many sweaters. I, I, mean, but I, I, I always say, like, I, I was doing, I was hired by AMC to do a web series about science fiction movies called The Sci-Fi Department. And it was always supposed to be this tongue-in-cheek thing of the, you know, the horror movie shirts I would wear. And um, I went to Comic-Con in one episode, and it was called the Obligatory Comic-Con episode. And I go to the press room. And the room is filled with all these guys who are going to be on camera doing this thing that I, I'm always kind of like sort of doing a parody of and I'm surrounded by them. And I was like, oh, God. But now I'm here with them. Yeah. Oh, God, the joke is on me. I've become one of them. By That's a doing this kind valuable of valuable persona in this internet world, like yeah, with know. like stuff. Big Bang Theory's huge, bro. Mm-hmm. People yeah. love that stuff. Zynga. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, I'm like a Brooklyn grassroots yeah like a big bang theory kind of cool guy cool guy cool dad we'll get to that yeah you're a cool dad yeah like a like a liam neeson yeah did it hurt hurt you inside to make me uh to hear me make fun of elliot uh no what's fascinating is it's it's great that 
having a kid, you're going to be forced to watch so many horrible movies. You're going <laughs> to Elliot's going to have to see The Smurfs three. He's going to have to see so many terrible films. And now his son is actually preventing him from watching tonight's movie. So, which is a movie that you nice. you actually saw with your children. My children demanded we see it, they, and which <laughs> Elliot totally would have like hated, but Doug in a weird way because he is the biggest dinosaur. He loves yeah, Dino Sours. Yeah, we should say what movie we watched tonight. We watched Walking with Dinosaurs. Walking with all of the dinosaurs. And there was a lot of walking in this movie. Mm. I gotta say. Yep. There's Aptly named. Probably as much walking as there was dinosaurs. Uh, but, um, Stuart, you thought, hey, let's get Kevin on this show. Yeah, well, explain a little bit. Ke- Kevin saw it with his children and yeah, then began about, about a, a year ago, a little less than a year ago. And then you you put on some kind of a vigilante garb and began a one man war uh, through social media against this movie. Oh, yeah. It was the most traction I've ever gotten. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm being booked on podcasts and being invited on, and it's going to be, you, you know, that's going to that be my, my parenthetical. Kevin Marr, hater of Walking with Dinosaurs. <laughs> well, no. and well, you're rebranding yourself at this point. It was, it was really one of these things. It's, so, it's, it's such a pleasure for me to finally watch it with other people because it's the thing, you know, anytime you see something horrible, you can go online and you could say, ah, oh, this is terrible, and all these people can chime in. I know, right? But it was this unique situation that I saw at opening weekend with my kids, and I would talk about it horrible. No one had seen it. Right. Yeah. So it was so isolated. Because we knew. So we I just knew had to, to I just had to keep putting it out there in the world and the world responded. And it was one of those things people loved. People were so amused by my hatred. They loved seeing yeah. me suffer. Talking I about love the, uh, the I think you tweeted a picture of a guy selling a bootleg copy on the subway yeah. and you were like, get away from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, everywhere you look. Were you worried that like it was just like no, you like is it only my madness? Is it just me? Like, did you need the confirmation of like sharing? With did you have to share the disease? Are you worried others? that it closed a lot of uh, uh, occupational doors for you? Like, do you think you lost a lot of opportunities due to your? Uh, it, do- it totally has the setup that like this guy was up for writing "Walking with Dinosaurs." <laughs> the sou- hashtag sour grapes. <laughs> but um, no, I think. Uh, I think the reason it hit me so hard was that I've worked in kids' television and kids' movies, and I've done that kind of writing. So I'm seeing structurally so many things that piss me off that I think the the casual mom and dad who go to the movies theater, that go to the Court Street Street Court Street UA, and have their phones out, and they're not really quite local paying Brooklyn attention. There's a local Brooklyn reference about the bad. That's the place you go for audience participation mm-hmm. and, and bed yeah. bugs and, and, and bad bugs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that I don't think people were as tuned into how horrible it was in all the different ways. Because for me, it's not just the movie itself. It's the the cultural forces that made this compromise movie where you're watching the notes. We'll get to that. Well, let's, you let's, are uniquely prepared was, to hate this movie. It, I didn't go into it knowing the reaction I was going to have, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. So, but you before we get into the... You father who thought, hey, <coughs> I like dinosaurs. I got a free so Saturday like afternoon. Dinosaurs. Let's do this. Let's get some popcorn. Some popped corn. <laughs> Popcorns. <laughs> Maybe one of them giant sodas. <laughs> Watch them. I don't know. You're in Brooklyn, soda. so we it's like want, it's like a bag of granola and like, yeah. I don't know, juice. Yeah, like <laughs> Whatever a, kids in Brooklyn know, like drink. A, uh, some kombucha. Artisanal, uh, <laughs> yeah. ginger beer. Some kind of artisanal child yeah. tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if uh, John Hodgman was here, he would say a moxie, maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, what what what... 
what is this movie? Explain it. Well, so this movie feels a lot like, I think you, as you described it, Kevin, it feels like they made this awesome museum movie, like a 3D museum movie with dinosaurs. Yeah, your best, your best case IMAX film, maybe. It yeah. Was, it was based on a British miniseries, which was the most expensive uh, BBC production ever made, that it was this uh, lavish uh, CGI dinosaurs in front of... Perambulations with dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> but they went to the locations. They went to real locations and they filmed it. Right. And then they layered it with oh. dinosaurs. A shitload of walking the, dinosaurs. In the, in the most scientifically accurate, like, provable That's way. That's why the locations look so nice. The locations <laughs> look so nice. And the CGI is, they Not clearly bad. put a lot of money into yeah. it. Um, you were so, saying the flames looked sick. Yeah, pretty good flames. <laughs> I mean, CGI knows how to do flames. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, but when it was Tomb Raider video games taught me anything. Yep. When it was brought to America, they made some changes. They wanted to reach a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Add a little bit of zazz to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that zazz was named John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> the pest. <laughs> <laughs> he was bugging out and... Uh, yeah, you got any more in there? I don't know. Um, Summer, Summer Sand. Sand. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's it. Perfect. That's all I got. Yeah, so um, this movie stars... Wait, hold on. Wait. Hold on. Spawn. <laughs> was, yeah. The clown. The violator in that. Yeah, there yeah, you right. go. Uh, so this movie begins smash cut. No, wait, that's... Uh, <laughs> yes. Smash cut to the opening of this movie. Smash cut from black to the opening of Walking with Dinosaurs. We have a really cool Jeep being driven by the world's coolest uncle, mm-hmm. Zach, the paleontologist, played by Carl Urban. You might yeah. know him as Dread. Yeah, or a judge of others. Human. He's not the one. <laughs> he's the human. human. He's, he's the not human. almost human. I mean, he's got a cyborg leg in that, uh, so he's almost human. Spoiler alert: like dude. most of them is human, and then I he's got a cyborg so, leg. So when you say he's a paleontologist, I'm thinking he's in some kind of a stiff white lab coat. Yeah. He's got his hair parted down the oh, middle. Oh no, my friend. Dexter glasses. Yeah, right? he's totally some kind of nerd, he's, but he's no. Radical. What? Wait, what? Wait, define that again. <laughs> well, it's a combination. It's a portmanteau. <laughs> you combine bad and radical. Okay, and but bad is in good in this radical. case. Radical. Yeah. The kids use bad to That's mean That's the good. type of thing that the audience for Walking with Dinosaurs <laughs> yeah. know because they're kids and they're cool. And it's, rem- you know, they were like, let's get an uh, antedevillian uh, actor uh, to do uh, this. Let's get somebody from Down Under. Sure. Uh, to, uh, but to, he does a passable American accent. Sam Neill. Okay. From Jurassic Park. You know, like, he's the Jurassic Park Sam Neill stand-in, Carl Urban. Okay. I mean, That's he, he does a passable American. Like, yeah, he was sure. a good Bones. Not from the show Bones. From <laughs> no. Bones. A good... Not, what's it? What's, uh, Elizabeth Deschanel? Yeah, no, he doesn't do that. Uh, no, from uh, Star Trek. But, um... Sure. So, yeah, so he's the cool uncle. He's taking his, uh, like, sour teenage nephew and very enthusiastic... Teenage niece, mm-hmm. Herb. and we know he's sour because he's got the hood up on his hoodie. Okay, and he's not looking up from his mobile device. Yep, screens. Mm-hmm. That's shorthand for teenager, I guess. Yeah. At this yeah. point, <laughs> that's the, how you know. Yeah, and he looks like a, I don't know, from the nineties goth guy. Yeah, he's got his hair combed forward. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of eyebrows. I think I don't <laughs> he's remember got more than the usual number of eyebrows. <laughs> he's got like eight eyebrows. <laughs> So this teenage kid, he is uninterested in checking out dinosaurs. He's way too old for that. He yeah. wants to, I don't know, play what, Mario Kart? What do they do on <laughs> these know. things? He's, he's sexting. He's well, yeah, busy. 
He's Snapchatting. He's playing nudie touch to or whatever everybody. kids play. What's that thing? Um, and uh, so he is unimpressed by this dinosaur tooth that his uncle shows him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his uncle goes off to look. Now, is this dinosaur tooth a spear tooth? Is that? No, that's that's a mammal, dude. The oh, spear tooth is a sure. saber tooth type. Manix. <laughs> no, that's also a mammal. Okay. Uh, um, so he's unimpressed. <laughs> yep, that was a movie we watched. Uh, so Carl Urban, the paleontologist, paleontologist Zach, heads off to go uh, check out whatever, digging a hole or something. Mm-hmm. And the teenager hangs out by himself, <laughs> totally disinterested until. But but wait, before we get to that, the uncle is clearly they're gonna they're gonna go on a long hike and then they're gonna do a dig, and he says, "All right, you can just hang out here in front of the jeep." <laughs> He's just gonna abandon him in the woods. I think he was. I think he was gonna. He was expecting him he to chase him, after. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I mean, as a non-father, yeah. unlike you or Elliot, like I feel like as an uncle, I would do that. I'd be like, all right, you're not coming with me. <laughs> Stay here with the car. <laughs> Forge for yourself. I don't, th- I don't think Zach is used to people not being interested in hanging out with <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, man. He's got a sweet life, Zach does. <laughs> uh, but yep. he leaves. Uh, and then a bird shows think, up. Do you think Zach normally takes the ladies out there? That's why it's a well. He knows the path. Yeah. To the uh, to, to the dig. Yeah, and well, then he because he's taking he, his chicks out. Yeah, the night before he covers up the dinosaur bones. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they show up, he's like, "Oh my god, we just found this! Awesome! Oh, oh and the tooth matches! Perfect! Should, Spoiler alert! We should probably have sex time. on top of these bones." <laughs> sure. And she says, "There's one more bone I'd like to see." <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, one more dinosaur I'd like to walk with. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody uh, walk the dinosaur. That's what he says. <laughs> okay, so a bird shows up <laughs> and just starts talking to this kid. Uh, he does it, I'm like, guessing, telepathically, because he doesn't yeah. It doesn't really move his mouth that much. Yeah. That bird, played by John Lake, was Ramo. It's more of a... Mar- Marmaduke did that, right? Where the mouth didn't move? Or did no, they, Marma- they use CGI for the mouth. Okay. So it's, uh, it's more of an old-time... Or maybe not. I don't remember Marmaduke that well. <laughs> okay. I feel like it's like an old time Disney movie situation where the mouths didn't move. Not a new time. Or they put like they babe. Put peanut butter in the horse's right. mouth and you yeah. get a you get a good lip slap going. They did not put peanut butter in, in the a fake <laughs> ravens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just uh, smeared some CGI put peanut some butter CGI in his CGI butter. mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this this but bird. The, but apparently, the, the, the reason is that it was it was made as a silent movie, and it was really? after the fact that they're like not the whole thing. I imagine the opening was the opening not. was. Yeah, the opening was. It was all pantomime. One, one more thing that was no designed theater. to get people excited for this. Yeah, uh, and all, for this experience. Yeah, in a larger sense. Before we go on, like in a larger sense, uh, we are like two sense, seconds like, this into this, this movie. Is, this is a movie that was a educational film. That At was, one point, yeah, that was not uh, that did not have words. And don't worry, it's still pretty it. educational. Maybe it had maybe it had narration, but it did not have characters saying things. Which is all that the rest of the movie has. Yeah, it's. I mean, it has. Uh, it, it feels like somebody took a a animated movie about dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and then a, then they had like Bob Saget from America's Funniest Home Videos do voices for everybody, <laughs> yeah. but not as funny. Yeah, right. 
they're doing everything that everyone's saying, like Garfield style, with like word balloons, <laughs> sure, but you, but you, like like thought balloons, but you hear what they're what they're thinking. But you can't introduce any new information because if a character is on screen for two and a half seconds, you just have to say like, "Oh, I'm scared," mm-hmm. or it's just bringing the subtext to the surface. It's like yeah. what you already know is being said out loud for Everything you in funny character voices. That's clear by their. There was uh, quotes around language. funny there, by the right. way, listeners at home. Uh, but what I w- before we pass this. So of course this raven g- catches this kid's attention because his raven is speaking to his mind. <laughs> yeah, but before we pass over like this raven, that's one like, way to take a teenager out of their screen for a second. Am I right, parents? <laughs> yeah, to have a fucking raven <laughs> talk to them. <laughs> yeah, he's no, like, are you a portent of my death? <laughs> God, don't do drugs. God. <gasps> All right, I. <laughs> Yes. Whatever, ah, man. Don't text and drive. Ah. Don't tell me what to do, Raven. You're not my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but the weird thing to me about this whole like framing device of this movie is the idea that this bird thinks that this teenager really needs to learn a lesson about <laughs> dinosaurs. <laughs> like, like, like this bird is like pulling a fucking like Christmas Carol. Like, oh, like your life is going to go off the rails if you don't learn a lesson about how important dinosaurs. Yeah, you've seen a flash forward. I mean, this bird has existed through all of time, as yeah. we're going to learn. Well, it's so, his ancestors. He he morphs into <laughs> his own. Uh, he goes from being a standard uh, black crow. He morphs into his prehistoric <laughs> earlier bird. Yeah, but but like the weird thing about that too, though, is like, you know, like scientists pretty much agree that like modern birds are the ancestors of dinosaurs. But it's not a case in this case where like this bird morphs back into a dinosaur from the past. The bird just morphs to a different, more colorful bird. <laughs> a bird with past. a unibrow. Yeah, <laughs> that's yep. always code name for a uh, caveman type. <laughs> uh, he he morphs into a bird with teeth. He yeah. retains everything about his uh, his sassiness. Yeah, he's got his Latin John Leguizamo accent. Exactly, because um, I guess he's a. I don't know, so this bird, bird that has existed through all times, sure, beginning and end till the world is destroyed. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I guess, takes this kid on a mind journey. I don't know what happens. All of a sudden, we're in the past. It doesn't <laughs> tell us how far. He just fl- flies through the air, and then all of a sudden there's dinosaurs all over the place. We're assuming the kid's following along and not just looking at his phone again. <laughs> uh, been, oh, and at one point... been a great twist ending that at the end, <laughs> the bird finishes a dramatic tale to emphasize how insignificant we all are in the giant... Uh, endless quilt of, of history. <laughs> the kids. Yep, in his best rust coal impression. <laughs> <laughs> and the kids. The little spots of the light in the darkness. kids playing bubble bobble. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get that you on your iPhone bobble? now. Wow, I, would, dope. I would love bubble bobble on iPhone. Oh, I was wishful thinking. Oh. Um, yeah. oh, yeah, and before this happens, I guess, I mean, I think the catalyst here is the kid picks up that dinosaur tooth and it starts to glow like through the cracks in the tooth, mm-hmm. like there's magic inside. Now we're in the past, okay? Maybe that's like a magic tooth. We'll find out later. Uh, so we go to the past. Uh, we're introduced to uh, what type of fucking dinosaur are they? I don't know. Didn't one of you guys have the rhinosaurus? Patchy rhinosauruses that look like triceratops without all the horns. Yeah, they're triceratops without horns, 
bigger nose. They're not your daddy's triceratops. Yeah. Uh, and we're introduced to a baby, the runt of the litter, uh, Patchy? Packy? What's his name? Patchy. Patchy. Packy is offensive. <laughs> Patchy. Patchy, not offensive. Yeah. So Patchy, named, I'm guessing after his species, uh, is played by Justin Long. He's the runt mm-hmm. of the litter, and he gets into some adventures right away. He doesn't get any of his mom's vomit food. Uh, he gets attacked by another dinosaur that is described to us by a disembodied uh, little girl voice. Yeah, this is, this is some, whenever a new dinosaur appears on the screen, there's a freeze, freeze frame. The Latin name of the dinosaur comes up. Little girl says what the dinosaur is. Uh, and this is like the vestigial like tale of the educational part of this movie. Like It's the web, webbing between the fingers. Yeah, it's the one part that's just like, hey... Maybe you want to know what these dinosaurs actually were before we anthropomorphize them into, like, they might as well be in Madagascar animated film, you know? You are doing a disservice to Madagascar right now. <laughs> I, no, I think that I probably would have enjoyed watching Madagascar <laughs> more than... It's what I imagine those direct-to-DVD Madagascar copycat <laughs> films are like, you know? Uh, what do they call, uh, what, like, uh, Tasmania? No, mm-hmm. I guess that's yeah. actually a thing. <laughs> Murder Gascar. Nope, that's the horror movie. <laughs> one of you killed Zebra. Which one? Welcome to my dinner party. <laughs> one of you lemurs is about to die. You've just ingested poison. Uh, so some fucking other dinosaur attacks pa- uh, Patchy and gives him his trademark hole in his frill. And he's, he's got the little yeah. frill like a triceratops, mm-hmm. puts a hole in it. Now we can identify him from all the other dinosaurs that look like, the same. Like Portlandia? Huh? Put a hole on it? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Put a hole on it. Take a, take a drink of your beer. Yeah. And what was there the line go. we were laughing at? Like, nice hole or something? There are yeah, many like, hole jokes. <laughs> it was something like, put something in my hole or something. <laughs> and it's just like, that's weird. That's a weirdly sexual thing. Uh, I think for... it was later on when Justin Long's character, Patchy, meets Juniper, the love of his life, who is mm-hmm. also a dinosaur. And he yeah. says, she likes me and she likes my hole. Yeah, that's, that's uh, right. That that's goes on the is. DVD box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. So, yeah, so there's a bunch of... We get introduced to this fan, this tribe of dinosaurs. Uh, it establishes the world of the dinosaurs. Okay, that, that's you know, fair. We see there's no people walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only CGI there's dinosaurs. No one walking with the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs are they're walking, walking with, with each other. Yeah. yeah, they're they're learning to eat. There's a lot of poop jokes jokes up poop top. Poop and barf jokes, yeah. right? Yeah, to make sure the kids are interested. Yeah, Patchy gets pooped on by a much larger dinosaur, <laughs> and they get a lot of jokes out of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure you saw this in a theater full of, I'm assuming, very excited children, and they were Not totally into. <laughs> What would they have been more excited to see? (laughs) Was there something else out at the same time? Yeah, do you think they like they were like keener on? But their parents were like, "This is this is educational. We're going to take you to." But it's educational. We're we're saying it's like it's educational as like the healthy choice, the way McDonald's would give you apple slices, (laughs) where it really, this is not the place to go for healthy options and educational. It's like apple slices covered with caramel and hot fudge. And a kid gets to say, well, this is is the healthy 
choice. Any whatever vitamin water, like uh-huh. it's just sugar water. Yeah, but they've, they've sugar's a, a vitamin, bro. Vitamins in there. But at the same time, it's like no, no. This is a hip, cool mm-hmm. movie with a lot of wisecracking dinosaurs. Yeah, John like was and a, and a soundtrack that, that the adults are gonna get into. That's true. That we'll get into that, that later. Rock yeah. soundtrack. Uh, <clears throat> So we're introduced to uh, our hero, Patchy, his uh, his brother, who's like big and tough, but not very smart. Skyler was his name. Scowler. Scowler. Well, that was his brother. Yeah. Who do you I think? Know. Like oh you God. thought he was his best yeah. friend or something? No, I just, I, just I thought he was another dinosaur. Dinosaur. I didn't know that there was a, an intra. Like it's the classic jerk older brother. You know uh, the movie. Yeah, exactly. The, the movie is wait, drawing no, upon a lot of yeah, a lot of good like kids movie archetypes. Buzz from Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Bill Paxson from Weird <laughs> from Science. Weird Science. <laughs> sure. Uh, similar because he does tell the female dinosaur he'd like to butter her muffins. <laughs> <laughs> We're jumping ahead because there is a female dinosaur, the love interest, Juniper, mm-hmm. named, named after, after the berries. Yep, after the, I guess, the thing they eat. I guess. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to eating that dinosaur later. Uh, he falls in love with her, uh, Patchy, that is. Uh, then they go on a big migration. She can't be with Patchy because she's part of a different tribe. Classic story. Mm-hmm. Capulets and Romulans or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Romeo and Patchy story. <laughs> Up world, down world. <laughs> sure, yeah. yep. Uh, and they go on. They have to go. <laughs> they have to go south because shit's getting cold. Uh, and then somewhere in the process, uh, they there's a big storm. The forest catches on fire from lightning. Yeah, it's a real Bambi situation. Yep. They got to run out of the fiery forest. Mm-hmm. But the fire. Mm-hmm. Was caused by a bunch of Tyrannosaurus Rexes or something? No, it was lightning. Okay, <laughs> okay. lightning that struck the ground. Okay, I was wondering how the T Rex started the fire. <laughs> They're just so smoking. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the balloon filled with kerosene <laughs> and a time released <laughs> alarm clock. Yeah. Uh, so the fire begins. Uh, the our hero and his family get separated. His the hero's father saves his life only to be murdered by a uh, by a dinosaur. Because Patchy's Patchy and his brother's dad, they had the the dinosaur who was the leader of their tribe. He yeah, was, the, he was like the the head guy he of their a, pack. He even had a name though I don't remember what it was, uh, and he totally got murdered in front of their eyes, which. Yeah. You know that's that's traumatizing, but it's also character building. But they, do, John Leguizamo, sets you up in the narration. He says every story always has a scary part. Now it's time for the scary part. You know there there are trigger warnings. So yeah, for so children who've survived can, forest fires, <laughs> sure. you can send your child out into the lobby where they can not have to witness this. <laughs> where they can get kidnapped. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. That's the scary totally part. Totally cool. <laughs> Uh, so after this, they, it, it turns out that, it, uh, Juniper's father kind of, they like the two tribes marry, like marry into they each other, right? Little. They come out they of mingle. the ashes and meet up with Juniper. And Juniper's tribe. father, I don't know, Slamo, what's his name? Dragonface. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome sauce. <laughs> he takes charge of the tribe. They, man, this is where it's going to get rough. They start wandering around. We're introduced to the villains of the movie at this point. Which this is movie. a Gorgazor, Gorgazon. <laughs> this, this film was a so giant low blue on dinosaur. plot. It's it was hard, kind of hard. It's to really focus hard on to do the plot summary because we happening. could breeze right through it 
and yeah. it seems like there nothing happened. But for us, it was just yeah. It's like a, it's like time, a mumblecore movie. down. <laughs> We were walking with those. It's dinosaurs. a mumble sore movie. Yeah. <laughs> eh, eh. All right, I don't. Elliot's not here. I gotta make that kind sure. of joke. Yeah. The Duplassosauruses <laughs> were really good in this. Sure. <laughs> uh, um, so you got one. Yeah. I don't no. know. Okay. So then uh, we're introduced to the villains of the movie. They look like Tyrannosaurus Rexes, but they're called Gorgosaurs. One of them's blue. He's, I guess, the big bad. Yeah. Uh, He's like the white orc from the Hobbit movies. Yep. And, uh, uh, it's just necessary. He, <laughs> he and the other uh, carnivores chase the tribe of dinosaurs into uh, up against the river. Mm-hmm. And then the baby dinosaurs fall into the river. That includes our hero, Patchy, Juniper, and his brother, Skylar. They go ro- They go uh, floating down the river for a while. In an, ex- in an exciting scene where you know you're getting CGI water on the on the camera's you, lens. You're getting CGI water on the camera lens. We get some a lot rewind of and fast jokes forward about whether Patchy intentionally dove into the river or just fell. This, and this is coming hot on the heels of some All hilarious of- jokes about how the bad guy dinosaur has tiny and effective. Now you got to understand, like this whole movie, if you've read like. I think it was Patton Oswalt like wrote about how like he as a stand-up comic uh, was paid uh, to come in on an animated movie to just like come up with ADR gags yeah, like punch up the script. Yeah, punch up the script like like they've already done the animation so like maybe like something that someone can yell from off-screen <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, and it's, like the whole movie is that this whole movie is that. Like they were like, oh, it doesn't matter whether it, it, anyone's talking at the time. And you could, you, just, even if you come up with a sensible, good character-driven bit, yeah. it's like, well, the character only appears on screen for you know three seconds, so the joke has to fit for the three seconds that we yeah. see the bird or whoever. Um, so and, you got to make that just, short and sweet. Which means, in order to go for those jokes, they're kind of like throwing any kind of continuity out the window. Where where Patchy compares himself to a ninja, yeah, yeah, they, which is they, ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> they they refer to future events that the dinosaurs couldn't possibly know about. They acknowledge that they're telling a story in a movie. I mean, the whole thing. It just and it it's and it's, Dan's favorite gag when mm-hmm. the mammal shows up on screen and the dinosaurs are happy to know that that mammal will become extinct someday, whereas we, the audience, know that it's not the case. Yeah, any gag that relies on the irony of a person in the past saying something about the future that we, in the future, know not to be true is always hilarious. But it's it's, it's weirdly weirdly the difference that in in some kind of, like, uh, early 90s gag, you'd have, I just got this new CD by Millie Vanilli. These guys really are the real deal. You know, <laughs> then you get the joke that all. Oh, I'm like, why is this cabbie telling me the story? I, mean, I don't understand the, the comparison different... you're making because that joke is awesome. <laughs> the, the, the you just but did. the difference being one character being embarrassed by the Milli Vanilli uh, reveal <laughs> compared to an entire species <laughs> dying and becoming extinct. Sure. That the hero of yep. your movie, the hero of your kid's movie is making a joke not realizing he's going to die <laughs> and everything like yeah. him is going to die. My actions are meaningless for everything I do is ineffectual. Yeah. We are all dead in the end. <laughs> nothing but dust. I look into the eyes of the dinosaurs and I see nothing. I see nothing but, but I think we can all agree. desire for food. 
I think the entire time, I think we were hoping that John Leguizamo had been replaced with Werner Herzog, <laughs> Werner Herzog right before the end. Yeah. I hope the DVD has, like, audio <laughs> options. That would be, like, yeah. that would, like honestly. If, I would buy that. If yeah. that was the solution they came up with, rather than having John Leguizamo, they were like, we don't need to hire John Leguizamo. We don't need to hire Justin Long. We don't need to hire all these other no-name people that we rounded up the cast with. Just get Werner Herzog to come in. And do a shitload of voices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Play all the characters. He's a real oh, Michael I, Winslow. Do I some uh, sound effects. little dinosaur. Oh, no, I've fallen into the river. <laughs> this is terrible for me. She likes me, and she likes my horn. (laughs) She likes the hole in my horn, which matches the hole in my heart. (laughs) So, um, uh, where were we at? I don't know. They're in the river now. They climb on the river. A little girl's voiceover identified a dinosaur during a freeze frame. (laughs) And back to the plot. Our heroes are out of the river. They wander around in the woods for a little while. I think they beat up on some smaller dinosaurs. Uh, then they reach the coast where they are introduced to some giant dinosaurs. They're very hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where the giant dinosaurs walk up and they play uh, Fleetwood Mac's Tusk. Yeah, which is probably my favorite part of it. I think Dan got up and did a little dance. I'm like, I like this song, Tusk. I can get behind that. So... Uh, I guess they meet up with the rest of their tribe. I don't remember what happens. Yeah, the uh, movie jumps forward. Yeah, and that's when we do a big jump forward where we... Rat style. Yeah, except they don't tell us how... They don't really Rat tell us style. how far... Guys, guys, let's... Uh, let's Rat style. Let's, let's track the character arcs here. Patchy and Juniper are kind of... Uh, they're becoming a little more than friends. Mm-hmm. He's, she's yeah. really warming up to him. They're surviving together. His big brother took off abandoned them, yeah. left them, and returned to the tribe. So the two of them were on their own, and uh, I think it brought them a little bit closer. I yeah, know that we, Juniper is not a girl, not yet a woman. I know that's no. true. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of in the friend zone, but at some point... He's hoping that he'll, you know, he'll be able to, I don't know, do with her. What do they do? Like, do they mate? What? Ha- like, do they become you mate know, for life? What's? How do dinosaurs do it, Dan? I don't know, like, like a, a humping. No, I don't need to know <laughs> that. But like, do they get married? Or are they? <laughs> yes. Are they monogamous? Dinosaurs got married, and it was a beautiful. It was a beautiful ceremony. <laughs> they got, uh, they got uh, flower pterodons. <laughs> yep. Bye. <laughs> and drop flowers from the sky. Uh, you got a you got a best raptor. <laughs> best raptor. <laughs> Fucking no. You have a side on the groom side and then <laughs> the bride side. Depends. Sure. A uh, brontosaurus uh, voiced by a, a brontosaurus wedding planner voiced by Jennifer Lopez <laughs> yeah, <sure>. for the adults. <laughs> that's yeah. that's great. Traditional dinosaur wedding. That's how it worked. Some kind of a dinosaur rabbi character. Mm-hmm. Perform the ceremony. On the coconut. Sure, yeah. <laughs> they step on a coconut. Okay, uh, so yeah, fast forward. We have a, we have older dinosaurs. They look basically the same, but I guess they're bigger. Uh, this is where we're introduced to the serum, the the uh, the challenge for dominance between two males, mm-hmm. which involves ramming each other's heads together until one gives up and the other one's the leader. Uh, Sky, uh, Skyler takes over the tribe uh, after, after a bunch of headbutts. And then uh, 
I guess that means that Juniper is his girlfriend now. He defeats yeah. Juniper's dad. No, I don't. Yeah. And I mean, she's she really has no reaction to that. They're that, totally that together for a while. Was just defeated by uh, by her best friend's big. And brother. then he this is basically exits the, exits the movie. No, 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 no. This is there for a while. This is dinosaur law, though. Like the toughest dinosaur gets the lady. Yeah. And so we can only assume that like Scowler and Juniper are like doing it for a while. Am I right, guys? You gotta. Yeah, I mean, there's probably pictures on the internet somewhere that (laughs) go to Deviant Art. I gotta say, like Scowler was kind of my favorite character in the movie because at that point he got movie for a while, and he is like such a poochy character. Yeah, very like a tin pot dictator of a dinosaur. Totally radical. He's like a (laughs) radical dude. Um, and but you know we're supposed to. No, but I like that we earlier in the movie just because he has like an attitude. At least he has some personality. So earlier in the movie, our hero Panchi and his brother witness their father, after saving their life, get devoured by a dinosaur. Mm -hmm. Later on, Juniper's father gets defeated in a challenge for dominance, and then that character disappears. We don't see that character, her dad, ever again. Nor does she mention him. Yeah. After that point, she doesn't care anymore. Yeah, he goes off to die in the dinosaur graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the entire world, apparently. But up until that point, she was Juniper. Carl Urban defined and then used as a means to boning ladies, I guess. (laughs) And impressing nephews. Um, But that, I mean, like, Scowler takes over for a while and then... Mm -hmm. That's when the movie gets a little exciting. We got, uh, so a lot of it is them walking back, like, north to south. Or north, they south migrate, north. they have to do yeah. the migration. So it gives you a natural plot device. Exactly. And at one point, uh, Skylar leads them in the wrong direction. They go over a frozen lake. You keep saying Skylar <laughs> like it's fucking Walter White's <laughs> wife from Breaking Bad. Uh, you, br- you bring it's less bring, cleverly named. It's I think it's scowler. very it's He's very a bad guy because his very, name's Scowl. It's you very bring what you wish to my to my jokes. Scowl. Now, which came first, the name Scowler or the Scowl? I don't sure, know. Yeah. They're damning him by naming him you Scowler. They really are. Just like by naming Patchy yeah. after I'm their sure. entire race, of course he's going to be the hero of the story. I'm sure well, I always find that strange in, in any kind of kid's thing. It's always like, oh, my name's Joe Gorilla. This is my mom, <laughs> Mrs. Gorilla. It's like everyone just had your last name. But like, then how do you distinguish yourselves from the thousands of other people? In how does Joe Gorilla distinguish himself? I don't know. Well, this is, is he the well, smartest he gorilla a, in the tribe? He wears a baseball cap backwards. <laughs> By sure, the way, like, he rides a, a Razor scooter. Okay. Does he save them from poachers or... Oh, I don't we're, know. we're writing the story now. Yeah. This is reminiscent of something that uh, I, I asked Elliot recently. I came into work. And I'm like, something just occurred to me about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so Jabba the Hutt. Hut is the type of creature he is because there are, other, the there are other huts. Yeah. So like that would be like me being like, my name is Dan the Human. <laughs> yeah. What kind of fucking naming convention is that? <laughs> it's terrible. It seems a little it's, weird. It's as though it's introducing your name for a third party to <laughs> like, witness your adventures yeah. who's never I would say your type you're not before. familiar with my race. My name is <laughs> Jabba the Hutt. Is that your actual name? Let's just say it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming it's like a Jimmy the Greek sort of thing though. That's what that's what Elliot said, but like we are there there are other huts the same. There are other huts Yeah, I don't think other huts in, call like, them that are there. There are other huts out there who are not like in like the organized crime uh game. 
Isn't there right. a... It's not no, a I think everyone. Do we, do we ever see other I think huts? in one of the Clone Wars, that Clone Wars movie, there's one with, like, a bunch of makeup on. Yeah, I mean, like... This Listeners like, write in to tell Kevin yeah, which, what the okay. name is. I don't know about the expanded universe here. I'm just saying... I don't know if it's, assume... that's expanded. I mean, I think it's canon if it's in a, it's a movie. <laughs> it's just animated. It's not yeah. like fucking Timothy Zahn wrote it. It just seems weird. It seems like a weird way to, like, introduce yourself to anybody. <laughs> But it's Chewbacca the Wookiee, and we know there's a whole race of Wookiees, and they have a planet. Yeah, he's not like Kashuk is filled with them. Pardon me, shooting I'm up Chewbacca the in the air. For all we know, that's what those sounds mean. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't think that's a fair way of. Doing I think it, it would. Be, all we I know. think it would. We have a solid defense was, against if this. it was Chewbacca T Wookiee, the <laughs> <laughs> <A> classic <laughs> middle initial Jabba T Hut, while E Coyote. <laughs> anyway, let's get back What's to the dinosaurs. What's E stand for? Excellent. He's an excellent coyote. <laughs> not, uh, not based on performance. <laughs> <laughs> but he can talk sometimes. It's <laughs> true. Depending on the cartoon. That's actually pretty excellent. Uh, and uh, he can order things. I mean, he's, yeah. he's got yeah. a job. He's good at filling out <laughs> magazine forms. <laughs> a catalog. It's all mail fraud. <laughs> that's his real skill. That, I guess that's excellent. Uh, he should he stick to that, though. He should adventure. stop trying to kill that roadrunner. <laughs> um, so, Let's get to the end. Okay, so uh, Patchy and Skylar getting a couple fights. Skylar takes over the tribe again. Patchy almost gets eaten by a bunch of uh, scavengers. He realizes that uh, he's in love with uh, Juniper, and she gives him the power of love, which allows him to defeat scavengers. Because <laughs> at one point he gets he, he's, he's in a fight where uh, Scowler knocks a tree down, and mm-hmm. when Patchy falls into a ditch, the tree kind of goes over his neck, yeah, like just like, trapping him. him, just trapping yeah. him. There is no way out. He is... Stuck there. His brother leaves him there to die. It's like when you get caught in like the guillotine or yeah. Brutus the Barber Beefcake's headlock. <laughs> but a log that's never yeah. going to get tired. <laughs> and and in all of this, Juniper's always like, sorry, it's the rules. <laughs> so it's like on the one hand, on the one hand, you have the idea that Patchy is all about the true love that empowers him to do whatever he needs to do. And yeah. she's like, look, man, let's not rock the boat. What are you, a fucking robot, Juniper? <laughs> <laughs> Like they're like, <laughs> she's like the sign says, two men in or one man leaves. <laughs> yeah, that's the way dinosaurs. Them's the brakes. Bust the deal. Spin the wheel. Come on, Patchy. Mm-hmm. When you walk with dinosaurs, you know the deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Patchy then uh, he rejoins the tribe. Well, he gets he gets superpowers of love because the bird gives him a flashback to his own father's death, and he says, Patchy, your father died for something. Mm-hmm. If you're going to die, let your death have meaning, which gives him the power to get out from under the log, race by all the yeah. previous bullies, not unlike, not unlike uh, Jody at the end of Phantasm <laughs> encountering <laughs> the bug and the lady in Lavender and all the characters he's mm-hmm. met along the way, that uh, Patchy now has the confidence to run right by with just enough screen time to get a quick stand-up okay, comic right in line in there. Uh, Out of my way! Move it, yeah. jerks! Yeah. Stuff like that. In a way, he's become the thing he hates. A bully. <laughs> he really, he really he's is. He's pulling those trees. That what I like about. is that that flashback uh, reminded him that love, uh, you know, he's in love with Juniper, and that gives him the strength, and it's not just the adrenaline of possibly getting eaten to death by a bunch of scavengers. Yeah. <laughs> I also like the subtext. is like your father died protecting you. He died for a reason. 
Unlike your mom who just plain died. <laughs> well, wait, wait, do we find out what happens to his mom? Does she die? She gets we, baked they alive? Never, they never give it a moment's notice. They never give it any attention one of the or great, any emotion. One of the great travesties of this movie, the great crimes the screenwriter yeah. perpetrated is by not telling us what happens to Dino Mom. That this movie does not <laughs> pass the Bechtel test. <laughs> Walking with dinosaurs. Wait, wait no, yeah, wait, you're what? right. It, doesn't. it does not. <laughs> wait, that's a bit. Yeah. So anyway, the point is, love conquers all, uh, et cetera. No, I mean, the point is, then he meets up with Juniper. He's about to tell her that he loves her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess she's into, she'll be into it. I don't know. She's really, she's kind of a stickler she's for the in, rules. Irrelevant. <laughs> Doesn't matter. The girl's feelings, not important. It's all about his journey and his quest and sure. his ability to articulate how he feels about the girl. <laughs> exactly. Dino he's law a, dictates. He's a, he's a runt no more. <laughs> Yeah. So we uh, right then the tri- uh, the herd gets attacked by that same fucking blue asshole and his other gorgazors <laughs> <laughs> with their dinosaurs. <laughs> First off, you're referencing uh, the property dinosaurs that I've been working on, featuring robot cowboys dueling in the future using dinosaur swords, uh, led by, of course, the hero Dusty Sprockets. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I apologize. So my patent yeah, infringement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, copyright. Yeah, exactly. It's copywritten. We've talked about you using this patent troll character. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather he not show up again. Um, so Dusty Bot. Wait, no. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I got really excited about dinosaurs. Look, the point is, everything turns out fine for our hero. But he, given the choice between leaving Scowler to die so he can lead the tribe himself and go off with the woman of his dreams. Dinosaur. Uh, dinosaur woman of his dreams. Um, he, he does decide to stay and defend his brother who's been just an asshole throughout the yeah. whole movie. Yeah. Who's left him to die multiple times. I mean, the only thing his brother's done is he has sacrificed himself for the tribe, which is what any good leader should do. Right, right. Yeah. But Patchy says... Turn that scowl upside down. (laughs) Patchy's like, I could leave you to die, but I'd rather you live forever in shame as I am now going to defeat this guy and become the leader of the tribe and be with your girl again. But then, but so they, you know, like they're all happy together. And then we flash forward back to the future where like the teenager's like, I was wrong. Dinosaurs are (laughs) awesome. (laughs) <laughs> I've learned my lesson. He's like, the best part about Patchy is that he and everybody he knows is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned my lesson based on this one anthropomorphized dinosaur that I guess really existed in the past. <laughs> and his John Leguizamo magic bird friend. Uh, and he realizes that the tooth he holds is one of the tooth of that blue asswipe who got his fucking teeth knocked out by Patchy's forehead. <laughs> because he matches that broken tooth up to uh, a jawbone that... It's the missing piece. ...that paleontologist yeah. Zach has unearthed to show off in front of his kids. Uh, probably unearthed for the first time, I'm sure. And uh, and then John Leguizamo says some more fucking jokes, flies away, then disappears, because his work is done. Yeah. Like he's some kind of magic a, ghost. And then a dinosaur burst through the screen, which probably was pretty awesome when it's done in 3D. <laughs> this whole thing was in 3D. I so mean, there, if you're going to end the movie anyway, end it with a dinosaur bursting sure, through the screen. I'm, not, I'm like, look, I'm going to argue with anything in this movie. That's going to be the last <laughs> thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we've talked a long time. 
we should move straight to final judgments whether this was a good bad movie um, a bad bad I think movie, I know what it's gonna be or a movie you kind of liked uh, Dan um, I'm gonna oh well, yeah sure I'll start um, I feel like look if I had kids and I don't but if I did I wouldn't necessarily like hate this compared to the other shit that kids could be watching because I've seen some of the terrible shit that kids can be watching however yeah two girls one cup etc. Yeah, <laughs> the animated, <laughs> the animated children's version of Two Girls One Cup. But this, as an adult, this infuriates me. This like weird hybrid of supposed edutainment and just total bullshit nonsense, like bad Shre- sub Shrek level like reference comedy. Yeah, I just I did not like this movie at all. It's a bad bad movie. Uh, one of you can go. Yeah, so it was a bad, bad movie. Uh, they didn't. So it was. It was so clearly that they added the the dialogue afterwards. You don't even see any dinosaur lips moving, and they don't make any effort to distance the add any distance to the vocals. So you don't know. There's like there's no levels to the sound. So it just sounds like a bunch of voices are yelling in your ear. The only time they modulate the sound is when. The giant dinosaurs are walking past, and the Fleetwood Mac song fades out into the distance along with them, like they're carrying yeah. a boombox. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a bad, bad movie. I guess it's a good punishment movie if you want to punish your kids. I don't know the kids would see it as punishment. My kids didn't find it to be punishment. They, they seem to enjoy themselves on some level. Okay. For me, it was exactly to, to your point, Dan, that it tries to get the best of both worlds by being this sort of like in the spirit of a DreamWorks comedy it's got all these elements and I think it, it does not succeed on that level it also tries to give you a little bit of science along the way you know you'll learn a few things but sure, not a little bit of apple in the middle to of the actually uh, get a, a preschool college credit or, or what have you to, <laughs> to actually you know have any real takeaway so it's it's worse than so many things I've seen because it's like even if you see some horrible Christmas Special. It's like, oh well, that that simply was not doing one thing, and that was not entertaining. This was not doing multiple things at once. I thought it was incredibly condescending. I, I just, it's, it's one of the most. Uh, it just makes me so angry. <laughs> so it'd be if you're going to, if you want to punish an adult, you yes. show them this movie, yes. which we just made you do a second time. Yeah, <clears throat> thanks. But moving on. So the next segment is letters, letters from from listeners. listeners. Thanks. Wait, Stuart, is there a song? No, there's no song okay. because Elliot's not here. So uh, do you want to call him? Do you want to we do a dial in? Probably could do it over the phone, but I don't. But then want we'd to. have to pause. Oh, yeah. We have to learn. We'd have to listen to the call. That's the problem. We'd have to actually listen. Yeah, to we'd the have song, to listen to that. We uh, just talk for a while. Let's, let's pretend that there was a song here. Yeah, just plug in. Listeners. Just turn on your iPad, uh, iPad, iPod, and yeah. play a letter song. Guys, pause pause the tape right now. It's a tape, right? <laughs> yeah. Pause it and make up your own letter song. And then imagine that I'm sighing while that letter song is What you should do is record on. it and then email it to Elliot. Uh-huh. Because he loves letter songs. He loves them so much. Uh, but the first letter goes like this. Uh, I recently... Uh, attended a screening of the 1983 version of La Traviata. It was pretty good. If nothing else, it at least makes you appreciate why Placido Domingo became a megastar. But ultimately, it is too flawed to be considered truly great. This experience got me thinking that, as far as I know, 
no really good opera movies have ever been made. Zeffirelli made some nice tries. Bergman's version of The Magic Flute is as good an attempt as I can think of. And Kenneth Branagh's version of the same play and Caspar Holton's version of Don Giovanni are decent attempts from recent years. But none of them can be said to be really good movies. And of course, all of the ones that are... Of course, there are all of the ones that are just plain bad. Can you guys think of another type of movie which has been attempted frequently but has never been done just right? Martin, last name withheld. P.S. In case you're wondering which character each of you are in my non-existing Flophouse opera crossover fan fiction, Elliot is Figaro from the Barber of Seville, always making jokes and getting into trouble. Stu is John Giovanni, obviously, popular with ladies and always hanging out with supernatural creatures. And Dan is Siegfried, pervy but ultimately a good guy. Uh, I just just realized in reading this that... um, I selected all of these letters, not realizing that Elliot would not be here, because Elliot is the guy who um, is an actual opera aficionado. He goes to the opera. Is right? Yeah. So the three of us are not opera aficionados. Well, I'm not. Well, I, I don't know anything. I know about a few Kevin. rock operas yeah. that have been. And have they been translated to the screen properly? Yeah, I don't know if it's properly. I uh, I think Tommy is a little garish. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, you think of Phantom the, of the Paradise. Phantom of the Paradise, yeah. The, the um, opera within the opera in, in some of these, within Amadeus, sure. But no, that but, was not built for film. No, but in a larger sense, I guess the, the question is really like, is there a genre or a type of movie that has been tried? Well, I think, I, th- I think what we have to pay successful. attention to is that uh, the, the opera already existed in a previous medium, so it's an adaptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know... The trading card genre has been attempted a couple of times with the Garbage Pail Kids sure. and <laughs> Mars, um, attacks. Mars Attacks. <laughs> Haven't gotten Dinosaurs Attacks. Uh, Clue is a board game yeah. turned I, to movie. I'm gonna argue. But I, I thought that was great. I, I mean, but no, but it's great. But it's Clue. it's great. But I'm just trying to think of other other mm. adaptations. Well, I, I think video game movies is probably your best. Hey, that's probably. But the closest the being uh, shit. I don't know. Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Probably the, the finest of the... <laughs> that Legend of Zelda movie they came out with, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that Kubert film. That, uh, <laughs> pretty good. I remember when, I remember when, they, were, uh, when they were pitching uh, when they were pitching that Doom movie, and they're like, oh, there's this great section of first-person shooterness also right. featuring uh, Carl Urban. Uh, not a good movie. No. <laughs> Big surprise. Turns out that it's not actually exciting just to see uh, someone's hands... In front of them with a gun, walking around corners. Yeah, not as exciting as yeah when you're not controlling anything. Yeah, I mean, I think that people people should have been able to realize that that's not exciting from the experience of watching another person play a first-person <laughs> shooter, which is a common experience. Yeah, the experience of that is usually like, uh, okay, could you give me the controller now? Could I? <laughs> could I get in on this? No, no, no. You're gonna fuck up my save file. But could I just? Uh, all right. No, just let me show you how to kill this abobo or whatever. <laughs> but moving on, uh, this next letter is titled "Re the Crypt Keeper's Genitals." <laughs> Dear Flophouse, I was recently catching up on some old episodes and came across a discrepancy that demands exploration and potentially Stewart's immediate termination <laughs> with prejudice. <laughs> With prejudice, okay. During the Dreamhouse episode from 2012, during a discussion of the Crypt Keeper's privates, 
Stewart rather definitively stated that the Crypt Keeper's genitalia was perfectly preserved and looked like, quote, a begging strip that you give your dog. <laughs> Further discussion was short-circuited by Mr. McCoy giggling like a schoolgirl for 38 <laughs> uninterrupted minutes. Less than a year later, discussion again turned to this vital question of science. During the letter section of Attack of the Clones, a Scandinavian listener asked Stuart to describe a wormy boner. Stuart responded that a wormy boner is a curlicue like a pig's tail, then claimed that the Crypt Keeper had a wormy boner. Unless the Crypt Keeper's flaccid, preserved penis transforms into a curlicue when he becomes aroused, this makes no sense. Dead to rights. They Please got clarify. Me. Dan, last name withheld, not McCoy. Oh, wow, Dan, you got me. Uh, there's, more than one, there's more than one version of the Crypt Keeper. There's the comic yeah. book. There's the TV, Thank HBO you. series. There's the animated Kevin series. Kevin is my representation here, I guess. But I also don't understand. I mean, like, the first time, you don't state. I mean, I think totally. It, it could have been a flaccid penis we were talking about earlier. And, and when the boner, when it gets, boner style, it could <laughs> spin around like it yeah, when it gets you up. I mean, I don't think it spins around. It turns into like a corkscrew. Yeah, I'm not saying it like there's a fucking break dance. <laughs> like the boner, yeah, like a pinwheel or like, something. Puts down some uh, cardboard. <laughs> You're like a, gu- a guy wearing a bow tie who gets sexually turned on. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think you got me. Uh, I, mean, I, I was I was probably wrong. I think I think the real answer is it looks like a like a bully stick that you feed your dog, mm-hmm. which is a dried uh, bull's penis that looks basically like a slim jim. I think the important thing is that any uh, ladies out there who have slept with a crypt keeper need to write in and let us know what his junk is like. <laughs> <laughs> First hand. We need a primary source on this. Or or fellas. Sure. I yeah, we don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, it's and I'm no not, judgments, man. Yeah. We're pro This is science. Cryptkeeper marriage. Or 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 not marriage. Maybe you just Yeah, yeah whatever. Just, uh, having fun. Yeah. <laughs> night. Just, you wanna you wanna be able to tell your friends. Just two corpses. Got it on with the crypt keeper. Just doing what, yeah, what just your corpse doing, wants to do. Just doing what your body wants. Yeah. So I hope that helps you. I, I think guess. that probably answered the question. Yeah, I think that's one hundred percent. What they want it would be hear. great to sleep with the crypt keeper to get the pun when yeah. he's finished. <laughs> make it all worthwhile. I thought I'd give a dog a bone. <laughs> oh man! Because it's an unattractive woman mm-hmm. that he just slept with. Oh, <laughs> context is everything. I don't know whether I'm coming or decomposing. Um, so this letter is from Lawrence, last name withheld. He writes... Of Arabia. Dear Flappicanus Africanus, your name if you were a hominid fossil. So, you guys have fairly idiosyncratic... (laughs) You guys have fairly idiosyncratic taste in films. Elliot loves old, terrible movies and doesn't seem to give a shit about quality so long as they're in black and white. That was a sick burn, and also the only explanation. Luckily, is he's love. not here to here to hear it. <laughs> yeah, and thus fucking cry, dude. So thanks. Yeah, uh, the only explanation of his love of the old dark house. Now I gotta say, I 
in the absence of Elliot, I watched the old Dark House. I like the old Dark House. Uh, Dan apparently just loves legitimately awesome movies. Hey, Dan. Miss 45 just got the draft house treatment. Also, I love you as much as one straight dude can love another. Well, thank you, uh, Lawrence, last <coughs> name withheld. And Stuart seems to go for tits, gore, and despair. I ran a MATLAB simulation. It is literally the only criterion that includes head of the family and beyond the pines. So, what movie review sites do you guys legitimately trust? For me, it's 1000misspenthours.com, which may not be amazing, but strangely syncs with my tastes. But I'd love to know where you guys go to pick movies. Yours, Lawrence, last name withheld. Um, I mean, I think we've all talked about our enjoyment of The Dissolve. Yeah, I mean, I think obvious, we can all agree on that one. Obvious pick. Um, uh, for for horror movies, I often I, I make an effort to check out uh, the Arrow in the Head, which is a, a Canadian uh, horror movie review site, and it's been going for a really long time. I don't always agree with the reviews, but uh, I mean, he does break down whether or not there's a lot of gore or TNA, so that's you know that's the important part. I need to know what is going to be in Wishmaster Three before I watch it. Yeah. Uh, Kevin? Oh, uh, I like the Dissolve a lot. Um, I'll use a site called dailygrindhouse.com. Okay. They got a lot of good reviews up there and keep me current with what's what's new, what's coming out, <laughs> what I'm not going to be able to see for a long, long time because it's rare that I get a chance to watch a drive-in type grindhouse movie at home. Um, like, kids, it's uh, 7 o'clock, time for bed. I, I got to everything. It's a small Brooklyn apartment. <laughs> You can't put to, on I like had uh, off, I had to turn off Psychomania. The music was too scary. Scary Sorry. music. You gotta um, get some some of those headphones. <laughs> I uh, when it comes to critics, um, I don't know. I I, I like David Edelstein uh, of New York Magazine. Um, I don't necessarily always agree with her, but I find uh, Stephanie Zakariak interesting to read. I don't even know whether I'm saying her last name right, but. Uh, I think that she has a unique take on movies. I, I like critics who have kind of a uh, idiosyncratic um, sense of taste. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I feel like the worst critics are the ones who are one hundred percent in line with kind of the conventional wisdom all the time. Yeah. Like uh, you prefer more of an Armand White sort of thing I don't want to <laughs> troll uh, Glenn Kenny is always interesting uh, people who Bill Gabiri at Vulture he's like that yeah he's, yeah he's, people who's like someone who like you can tell has an intelligent and specific point of view they're fun to read even if you don't always yeah. agree uh, I hope that answers your question somewhat uh, but the last letter of the night uh, is from Patrick last name withheld who writes Patchy? Patchy the dinosaur? <laughs> yep. He says, Recently I fell asleep while re-listening to the Star Wars Episode 2 podcast. Not a judgment on you wonderful guys. I sometimes listen to podcasts when I'm feeling panicky at night. Because of this, I had a very strange dream about Elliot. The dream was that Elliot was the size of a Star Wars figurine, and he requested that I place him in the cockpit of various Star Wars vehicle models. When I complained, he would make when I complied, he would make Star Wars noises while pretending to pilot the ship, then eventually request that he be moved to another model to do the same thing again. He pretended to do this inside an X-Wing, a TIE Fighter, and the Millennium Falcon. I do not know what this dream means exactly, 
but I was glad I could help Dream Elliot achieve his goals. Sincerely, passing. Patrick last name withheld. In the in the comedy sketch version of this, the letter ends with "And when I woke up, I was covered with chafe marks all over my penis. I had a, I had an inverted Hasbro imprint on the head of my penis. What does it mean? I I've been fucking the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I'm not saying this guy did this. I'm saying in the absurd. Uh, you know, in the tradition of I, I dreamt I was eating yeah. a giant marshmallow kind of uh, bazooka joke. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I feel like the, I feel like this somebody does a flip take at this point. Suffers the most from Elliot. Uh, unexpectedly well, not. I think if Elliot was any Star Wars figure, he'd probably be an Ugnaught. You think so? And I could be a Gamorian. <laughs> I think it would be the power droid. <laughs> Me? Or he would? He would be. He's okay, like a, I thought you were going to say I was going to be the Rancor like a, Keeper, and I'd say that's okay, I'll allow like it. Like a squat square, just like a squat <laughs> square with like rubber legs. I remember when I was a kid, uh, somebody got me the power droid for one of my birthdays, and <laughs> yeah. he was really, he was like, he was like, no, it's an awesome droid, it's called the power Droid. It means it's the most powerful. You remember him for those three seconds in the movie, just kind of walking down the hall. I thought that was the droid that they flipped over and roasted his feet. You gotta wonder, like, oh yeah. I assume that the power droid is basically just like a battery that moves around <laughs> that they use to charge other things. Like, why do they give what? this battery droid like legs? Why couldn't they just like put him on wheels? Like, Don't they put drinks on his head? I don't know. They do that to R two D two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they're that, coasters. They're mobile coasters. Um, but R2-D2's yeah. basically got wheels. The power droid walks. That's a terrible idea. He's going to yeah, knock those true. fucking drinks all over the place. He's better if for a in bowl of cocktail or, peanuts. Yes. Or, uh, or that weird <laughs> and you fishy can, thing. He'll Jabba fucking walk keeps. over. You can get your drink, plug your fucking cell phone into him, mm-hmm. et cetera. Nice. Like Kindle. Yep. <laughs> plug in your Kindle. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever job. I got to check my screens. <laughs> Oh, yeah, dinosaur, sure, whatever. <laughs> so, uh... Pray that, dragons. That's all for, for letters for, for this episode. Uh, and now, your last and least favorite segment of uh, the show, recommendations. Oh, okay. Movies that we saw recently that we actually liked. In, uh, in lieu of, uh, in, you know, to what? replace... Walking with Dinosaurs. Yeah, so don't watch Walking with Dinosaurs. Do watch the movie watch. Dan's about to recommend. Oh, I'm going to go first. I'll, here's the thing. <laughs> I've got... Hey there, guys. I've got three recommendations. We'll do some but, real talk. But they're, they're linked. I've got three recommendations. Oh, okay. I, uh, so I recently rewatched um, the Tim Burton uh, uh, Sweeney Todd. Okay. Which I enjoyed a great deal. Um, I know that people who were real... Uh, Sweeney Todd aficionados don't love that movie because number one, a lot of stuff is cut from it, and number two, you know, you've got Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter who are not real musical theater voices who maybe can't handle the uh, Stephen Sondheim music as well as uh, people who are real Broadway stars. But as a movie, as a movie adaptation of a musical, it's one of the better uh, musical films that have come out, certainly in like the last you know couple decades, uh, which has been a kind of a dry spot for musical theater on film. Um, however, that 
made me curious to go watch the Angela Lansbury production that is available on DVD. Um, and that uh, production is, you know, like a filmed stage production. It has Angela Lansbury from the... I <coughs> she believe, plays Sweeney Todd? She, she's Mrs. It's Lovett. weird casting. I, I believe that she's from the original uh, cast. I may be wrong on this. But Sweeney Todd is not from the original cast. Like, like the, the capturing of this uh, stage production does not capture the full original cast of that production. So it's maybe, in and of itself, not like the greatest... Uh, record of the stage version uh, but she's great and if you're wanting to see a complete version of the musical it's certainly great um, it has kind of the problems that you usually have when you watch a filmed version of a stage production it just doesn't capture the full magic of it uh, but if you're interested it's certainly it's certainly great and and it's kind of interesting to watch you know, the Tim Burton Sweeney Todd and watch that and think about how, like, that's kind of the way that theater is. Like, there's no one definitive version of a theatrical production. And likewise, there's no now, like, really definitive good Sweeney Todd you can get on DVD necessarily. Uh, uh, but, that, uh, that Tim Burton one. <laughs> okay, good good point. But the third, the third linked recommendation I want to make Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes is the great performances um, of Into the Woods which is I believe the original Broadway cast of Into the Woods that has Bernadette Peters and Joanna Gleason and that is one of the few cases where I actually do watch a filmed version of a stage play and think this is great I'm totally entertained by everything that's happening here um so I guess what I'm saying is, uh, if you want to watch a Sondheim uh, musical, why not go uh, check out, uh, above all, the Into the Woods uh, DVD. But uh, also the Sweeney Todd ones are pretty good, too. So those are my recommendations. Three big recommendations, all yeah. to be watched on airplanes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm going to... So I've seen a bunch of movies this summer. I've seen a lot of big movies. Um, but the movie I'm going to recommend tonight is a little quiet movie called Drinking Buddies. Um, it's directed by Joe Swanberg, mm-hmm. uh, who's part of that whole little crew of mumblecore, mumblecore horror directors. Uh, and I'm not just mumblecore horror. But he's done a lot of like mumblecore yes, horror, yeah. like that group of dudes made like, like Ty West and all those guys. Sure. Um, but, uh, so this is a little movie, not very much happens. Uh, it features Jake Johnson, is that his mm-hmm. name, from, uh, The New or, Girl? Or is it Jake Johansson? I, don't I know. think it's Jake Johnson. Okay. One of them. Um. He's good. Though. Olivia Wilde, who's, who's great in it. Uh. I've always said that I kind of think that she's a good actress who's been stuck in shitty roles. Um. Yeah, that's that's true. And uh, what's what's her name? Uh, the singer from uh, whatever. Um, so it's uh, it's a great little movie. Or I mean, I liked it. It was a pretty good little movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so not much happens. It's about uh, it's about drinking and buddies. Yeah, it's about uh, it's about two uh, two friends who are in relationships with other people, and they obviously have chemistry, but for whatever you know. Be, for their own fears or societal pressures, they end up not getting together. Um, and uh, but 
you know, the, uh, their friendship in a way kind of hurts their individual relation, the relationships they have with other people. And it, I don't know, it felt fairly honest to me, although not much happened. So don't watch this movie expecting a comedy like all the people on Amazon seem to, if you read the reviews. <laughs> all right. Evan, what do you have for recommend? Uh, well, if you want something to counter walking with dinosaurs, you know, for parents out there, I really, uh, think the the first cloudy with a chance of meatballs is terrific oh, yeah. it's got a lot of great stuff for kids but adults too it's just such a smart fast funny movie really terrific uh so you can show that with the kids and that's not going to be torture for you Those it's actually the guys who like went on to do like they went on to do jump the, the lego, lego movie. movie yeah and uh i i think that's probably some of their best work is in cloudy with a chance of meatballs um and then you know full disclosure uh justin long vassar grad he and I did theater plays together. We did really? Sam Shepard play together. We did True West. We played the brothers. Really? In wow. College. Oh, so you would have known him I knew him, well. and I ran into him after my, at, 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 when I was doing all my social media against Walking with Dinosaurs. I ran into him, and I was like, do I say, nope, not going not to bring it up. Just going to catch up and say, hey, see how he's doing. And not say, oh, by the way, I've devoted a portion of my life to trashing that thing where you got a really nice paycheck to just... Ad lib while you're. I gotta say, like, there's like screen. a weird, there's a weird like portion of the internet who has their guns out for Justin Long in the same <laughs> way. That I feel like there's a weird. Portion I think of that's totally unfair. He's so talented. Like, he's incredible. He's, yeah, he's, no, I agree he's, with you. He he makes a lot of po- projects where he makes a lot of money. Alvin with the chipmunks and a lot of the live action things, but the fact is he's super talented. No, I think in the right thing he's in, he can oh, be very he's funny. Terrific. He's in the right thing. Yeah, he's in the right. <laughs> No, but like I, you know, like I liked him in Walk Hard. I liked him in, uh, like, I, like the movie's not great, but I think he carries like accepted like uh, like as much as that movie. That's a movie that you you came up with that idea, and then they. Well, that was an old uh, Saturday Night Live skit with Billy Crystal. Was it? Where oh, man, they, they had the fake college, and they 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 describe on visiting day there will be a large cardboard cutout <laughs> building that you can take your photo in front of but don't let anyone stand behind it yeah that idea has been around for awesome a while. uh yeah justin well i think he's okay like yeah i i feel like he always he tries to bring something except for this movie where he didn't bring anything well he brought what he could no one uh, yeah no i guess that no one's gonna sell no it sure this movie yeah, I mean, I'm not going to like... Producers of Walking with Dinosaurs, no one was going to fix your movie. So, so if you want a good Vassar grad movie as an alternative to this, I'd say check out Detonator, an indie film starring Ben Fine, class of 98, I believe. It's wow. uh, an indie movie about a, a washed-up punk rock singer who's at a crossroads in his life. And uh, it's, I think it's very enjoyable. And you can see it you know, on demand in various iTunes and other formats. Cool for Vassar grads. Yeah, not me. And if you I just want a good, it. if you just want a good movie, I finally saw an unmarried woman. It took Paul Mazursky's death to to get me to finally see an unmarried woman. It's fantastic. So really great. I'm the only film. one with only not three recommendations. <laughs> yeah, don't you feel? You see Guardians of the Galaxy twice, then I guess. Yeah, <laughs> they already have. Probably yeah, according yeah. to the numbers. Uh, well, guys. This has been good. Thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, thanks for being you, bro. Thanks movie. for being like this a fucking precog, nice, knowing geez. that Elliot was not going to be here. In a way, is this like uh, putting a pin in this part of your life? I hope this, so. Yeah. That's the only way I can make sense of this because it was the longest for my kids. It was the longest joke about how I would 
we would do all these jokes about me being in a Manchurian candidate style situation. I get hypnotized and they say, you will betray your country. I'm going to say, yes, master. You will uh, kill your family members. I say, yes, master. You will watch Walking with Dinosaurs again. No! Like it was always the joke, I'm chained to a wall. We, we came up with all these great gags because my kids love needling me about Walking with Dinosaurs. Um, and now <laughs> here I, I actually saw it again and it was just as terrible as I remember. Yeah. So the only, the only good thing to come out of it is that, that this is the end. We've uh, yeah, the poured some holy inside. water over the, the TV set. Yep. Yep. Bury, it, the bury it with Freddy, Freddy Krueger's bones <laughs> and John Saxon in the graveyard. He'll never come back <laughs> ever. No. no. That's, That's probably it. not a good Why do they bury him with his sweater? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we're going to have to say goodnight. But for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. And I'm Kevin Marr, at Kevin Geeks Out on Twitter. <laughs> That's Kevin Geeks Out on Twitter. That's a good plug. <laughs> yeah. Good night, everyone. Man, we are going to set the night on fire. Uh-huh. Because we are not that young anymore. Yep. <laughs> You're going to um, hear me roar. Let's uh, do this shit. Yeah, let's fuck this up. Let's, let's tear fucking it, tear, tear it a new, new one. Fucking <laughs> do do new it. fucking thing. <laughs> and <You> dinosaurs. <laughs> Three, two. Dinosaurs.